So you you asked me here to talk about a movie starring uh, Sandra Bullock and uh, oh geez, what's the other actress's name? I can't think of Meg Ryan. Melissa McCarthy. No, Meg Ryan. That's that would be French Kiss. Or, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm a fan of The Heat. I think it's a fine movie. It's funny. I like that comedian, that Boston comedian. He's in it. Uh, it's really a movie of, of our times. It's, uh, it's, it's representative of who we are. Welcome back to Plans Are Optional. We have a special episode today, as in, we don't have Marty. Oh. Also... We don't have Neil. Neil did get on a little bit, started talking, but he has things to do. Kids are home. It's getting wild. Today, I am joined by Ed. No last name. Ed doesn't want to talk. I so just... this podcast is going great already. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> just Ed, no last name. Uh... Just Ed, no last name. Yeah. You, be long... Ed, how do you know me? <sighs> Ed, who are you? Why are you here? So I, uh, I was... Um... I was on a camping trip and I ended up getting drowned out by water. You uh, came over with a bottle of white whiskey when my whole camping team left me. We drank it. We made a song. And then now it's 10 years later and you reached out. I actually don't know much about you, to be honest. But you said, I've got a podcast and you like the movie Heat. We should talk about it. Yeah, that was the exact facts of how it went down. I mean, no, me, summed me up. I, there's a lot in between, but yeah, summed up. There's right? a lot in between. Yeah. Right. There's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess before we get going, there's a few facts about Ed you might want to know. He is a wing sauce champion, right? What was the name of that contest you did? The National, ooh, the National Buffalo Wing Festival. I won the amateur traditional wing sauce competition in 2014. Oh. I laugh, but it's no joke. It's no joke. <laughs> I just didn't realize it was amateur. Yeah, I know. I hate to say that. Can we edit that out and just lie? Yeah, we can. I don't think don't worry, I'll get in post. Amateur because they have restaurants also compete. That's the non-amateur. And I just, I don't have a restaurant. If I did, it would be underwater. So <laughs> right now. <laughs> so thank God I don't uh, have yeah. a restaurant. Support local business. That's true. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, what else? What else should they know about you? I live in Denver, but I'm from oh. the great town of Walla Walla. Town's so nice they named it twice. That's that's where Marty's at. Uh, Marty. Oh yeah. Uh, I know him too. That's another story that we probably shouldn't go into. It's, details are risque, and I've known you for a long time. I can't think of when we met first, but we grew up together. We grew up in the same town. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. And um, I'm on the road a lot. I, uh, I'm in sales for a biotech company. So I travel a lot. This is an interesting time because I'm not oh, traveling. Wow. I'm just here. Yeah. 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 And that's why you can't see me person listening. Are you getting stir crazy at all? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah yeah that's why i'm here <laughs> i no, but really yeah. really why are we here we're here because you finally watched a movie that i've been on you about for i'd say a decade is fair i think a decade i think at least i think i think i still have your old blu-ray you gave me 
I don't know where it's at. It's packed away because I just moved recently, so I didn't. I had it. I still had to rent it. But you oh. gave me a Blu-ray of it. Yeah, I need. And I think like five years past that point, I still had not watched it. Really good friend. Really the, good. Really what, good. What friend. what kind of emotions does that bring out in you? Rage. Rage. Uh, yeah, rage. Um, uh, I think uh, uh, kind of le- le- lethargy. Is that? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, a few. Okay. Especially because I did you a solid. What did I do? I wanted you to watch Heat. You wanted me to watch Control. Control. And yeah. what did I do? You watched it. I watched it a long yeah. time ago. I did. Yeah. And your life has been better for it since. I mean, uh, you know, three wives in, uh, bankrupt <laughs> twice. Yeah, it's really good. It's real good. No, I, I, I do appreciate that movie. I think it's good. But we're we're here too. And and actually, we should talk about that sometime. I need to revisit that. I, I do too. I probably haven't seen that in four years or so. Wow. I figured that was one. Is it still your favorite? Yeah, it's, I'd say it's up there for okay. sure. Okay, but uh, we're here to talk about Heat, which is a movie you just watched within like twenty. I watched hours. it last night. Amazing. I watched Heat last night, and seeing how we're social dis- distancing, I had a I had a friend. I made them watch it, you know, and we texted about it. So I got another person to watch it for the first time as well. Ooh, yeah, cool. So I I feel like I've made up for the ten years of me not watching it by <clears> introducing <throat> it to one person right off the bat. It took you 10 years to introduce to me. It took me one day. Uh, who's, <laughs> so you're saying my, uh, that's my fault. Okay, I see. I'm All saying right. your marketing campaign isn't as strong as it really could have been. I could have, I could have, uh, I could have pushed a little harder. I could have been more aggressive. Okay. That could be, yeah. I mean, I sent you a copy, but. No, 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 no. Like you handed it to, to me. Oh. As I was leaving your apartment one day in college, <laughs> I think. Is that what happened? Huh. I think after, you my after hand college. Gently. Was it that day we were out in the snow and uh, Jacob was there and we went to like Basilio's or something? We were wearing our Russian hats. I'll send you a picture. <laughs> I don't remember that at all. <laughs> oh, you wouldn't. <laughs> oh, okay, good. Um, all right, so let's get into this. Heat. It's a movie. I watched it last night. Mm-hmm. I'm going to let Ed give the quick synopsis or... Who's it by? Who made it? Who directed it? Who does it star? It has a huge cast. You don't have to name everyone. But oh. if you're trying to sell this movie like you didn't really try for me, how would you sell it? I always try and sum it up as, it, it, to, to put it simply, but it deserves way more than this. But to put it simply, it's the greatest cops and robbers movie of all time. I think that's a, so a good is summation. It, is it not your favorite movie of all time? It is. It's my favorite movie. It still is. Okay. I, I've noticed... <clears throat> more and more imperfections as I watch it every year or so. I probably watch it, I'd say at least once a year, maybe twice. It, I just get a hankering or someone says, let's watch it. If, if a friend is visiting and they know I like it and they like it, or uh, I just want to revisit it. There's been a lot of revisiting of the movie in the last, it seems like a couple of years ever since it uh, hit its 20th anniversary, this year, 25. They have had That's a lot 20 of- 20-year-old movie? Yeah, 25. 25 1990. 1995. 95? Yeah, 95. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn, I'm old. <laughs> All of us. So, 
it, it um, it's been getting a lot of attention the last two years, but um, it's it's uh, just to me a a true. I think on the poster it says an L.A. crime saga, and it it that's another great summation of it, a great description. It's just a true epic. It goes beyond just even the the cops and robbers aspect. It's good and bad, uh, even aspect. The lines are great. That's one of the things that makes it so interesting. You've got two lead characters that you're following. One is played by a cop, Vincent Hanna. One's played by a thief. Uh, the character is Neil McCulley. So the, the cop is played by Al Pacino. That's the character's Vincent Hanna. And then the thief is Neil McCulley. That's played by Robert De Niro. And it's directed by Michael Mann, who is has quickly become my favorite director. He's definitely not a perfect director. He's made other films like, I think in the 90s, those were his best. That was his best decade. He did The Last of the Mohicans. He did The Insider. He's done Ali. You did Last of the Mohicans? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's like that's on my top 10 list. Oh, really? It's, Easily. Yeah. That's solid. No, that's fair. That's fair. I didn't know that. That would make sense, though. I, I believe that. The Insider. What? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean it would make sense? I just, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it just feels right for you. Not that it's anything like control, but it just feels, I think you'd appreciate the epic, uh, kind of, uh, frontier, uh, 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 the romance. I think you, you, you really, you can fall head I over heels sometimes romance, the romance. Sure. Oh God. And then when Titanic came out, you watched that so many times you wouldn't shut up. It's, you definitely like your romance movies. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so, okay. so, so really, really quick. So, uh, anyway, it's, um, yeah. that, that's the, the brief description of the movie. We're of course going to get into details, but besides Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, you've got Val Kilmer as another thief. You've got Dennis Haysbert, who actually plays one of my favorite characters, even though he's, he's kind of a side character. Uh, and I, I'm sorry Wait, to which say, character I can't is think, that? I can't think Cause of I'm not going to remember. I don't know actors. So or... Dennis Haysbert plays the driver at the heist. And I don't want to say any more okay. for those who haven't seen it. I don't know if this is a spoiler. Well, it's a good time to say at this point going forward, there's going to be spoilers. Okay. So if you haven't seen this 25 year old movie. You should go watch it. Stop and then the come podcast. Back and revisit this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Dennis Haysbert's character dies. <laughs> what? Sorry. I just wanted to make that really up. For, I just felt like I was, I was bearing the lead. <laughs> 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 he so, dies. Do, do you know how many people die in that oh, movie driving vehicles oh yeah they, you know they there there are a lot of unsung heroes in that film i mean i'm not i'm laughing but seriously <laughs> a lot of people die in that movie uh dennis haysbert he plays the driver uh, one of the reasons i like his character is he's really someone who's trying to do good and he just falls back into this Life of Crime. You've got Natalie Portman as another side character, but very important to the plot. Both characters. I was are. surprised to see her in there. Oh, really? You just didn't. It just kind well, of yeah, popped just, out. Yeah, because yeah, I, I knew it was an older film. I didn't realize it's twenty five years old. But I, I don't follow people's careers and what they've been in. You know, I know the big ones they've been in, maybe. But so I was surprised to see her. Uh, what's what? Really quick. What is an older film? Older film, like I okay. <sighs> uh, yeah, I mean, mid nineties has to be older. Do you know how many films in the mid nineties I didn't see growing up? You are a few years younger than me. Well, I mean, not like what three years younger at most. Well, I don't know. I'm I'm fifty. You're yeah, forty five. Forty five. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that works. So the nineties, <laughs> we were still we were still kids. 
just <laughs> we're still children. So, so, um, uh, it's got, uh, uh, oh man, who plays Michael Chiriso? Uh, Tom Sizemore, pre jail Tom Sizemore. Well, okay. he might've been post jail too. I don't know, but he definitely got into, what do you go to jail for? I think, um, I mean, do you want to speculate? Cause I don't have an answer. I could speculate. Uh, yeah, speculate. Cocaine. A- absolutely. Okay. I, I, I don't think it's anything like, I think it's drug. Uh, you know, I don't think it was violent or um, he didn't rob Fort Knox. Uh, I think it was something. He's back out on the streets. He was in Twin Peaks season three, Twin Peaks The Return. So he's he's still acting. Okay. But he does he does a great, he gives a great performance in this. Um, I mean, everybody does. You've got uh, William Fitchner playing the banker. Uh, um, I can't think of his name right now, but he works with, he, he's, He's uh, if he if there are any bad guys in this film, he would be one of them, along with Wayne Grow, who I can't think of that actor's name either. I'd have to look that up. But he just looks like a dirtbag. He exactly no seriously, and he is the yeah, he is the one who, if you think about it, he's the center to all of the characters' pain in this whole film. He causes yeah the moment the moment he shoots the initial guard. So the movie oh, starts off. That's a good point. And. Yeah, the, from from the get go, yeah, movie starts off with a heist, and he has a hot head, and he shoots a guard, leading them to have to kill the other two. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. yeah, because at that point, what happens is he they didn't need to kill them, but he did. He said, "Quote, you want to fuck with me?" He was under his breath. He's wearing a mask. He's thinking that the guards during this heist are maybe gonna come after him. He shoots one when clearly he- they're not coming after him. They're not going to attack no, him. Yeah. And, and he shoots him. And uh, then one of the guards starts making a move. And, and because they're a professional crew in their mind, if and this is explained later by Vincent Hanna, Al Pacino, the cop, when he's on the scene, that they're not going to bother keeping a live witness after one of them's already been killed because they're, they're thinking of what the consequence would be legally. Yeah. So they're very... Because all of a sudden they, they, they have felony murder as opposed to just robbery yeah 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 or armed robbery uh, you know yeah so yeah yeah wayne grow he's an asshole that's why i learned that's the only thing i grabbed from this movie and that guy actually is in jail i think that actor i'd have to look that up too a lot of details Uh, we're flying from the hip here (laughs) okay oh so dennis hayes donald breeden just really quick donald breeden anyway oh okay yeah uh so i want i wanted to know you, you 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 did say this is your favorite film, mm-hmm. and then you kind of summed it up or gave a description on how you would sell it to people. But for you individually, Ed, I know you watch a lot of movies, a lot of movies. So your opinion when it comes to movie, I, I take in high regard. I just don't listen to it for 10 years. But why is this your favorite movie? <laughs> why, why, why are you laughing? Mm. No reason. I just, uh, I'm trying to keep the keep the uh my offense at at bay um uh the (laughs) the, uh you're a funny guy um the uh uh the reason what what got me on this movie is i watched it i think in 2005 i'm fairly certain and it was after after collateral came out so michael mann also did collateral and I saw Collateral. I thought, actually, I worked in a theater that summer. I thought this is it's a it's an interesting movie. I appreciated this notion of shooting in in digital. It was all most of it was shot at night, and it was trying to capture 
night time without using artificiality, other lights. It did an effective job. It was grainy. It was interesting because it looked different than most films. And it was always being touted as a Michael Mann film. And I really had no idea who he was. I read about some of the movies he had done and I wanted to watch them. Last of the Mohicans, Heat. Uh, I think Thief came up, which is an amazing film. It's kind of a precursor to Heat. It's as if it's just one angle of the story. It's on the thief as opposed to like the name implies. Uh, just focused on the thief. <laughs> thief as opposed to a cop and a thief. And so 2005, I think I watched it with two friends in my college dorm room. And from the get-go, it was sucked in. It, it starts off really slow, calmly. It uh, puts on the screen Al Pacino and Robert De Niro's names at the same time, I'm fairly certain, because it really is their equals. It's, it's, uh, uh, yeah. it's, they are, they're equals and opposites. But they're, as far as screen time and as far as priority on characters, they are. It's it's the same for both of them. They're they're we're, we're you, each. You could you could say either one is the main character. It's based on kind of either or could be protagonist, really. Yeah, exactly. That's I mean, yeah. At the end of the day, you when you have this final scene where it's them long story short against each other, you anybody could be. Uh, could go for either character as, as the one that they want. Who, or, who were you going for initially? Do you remember? I wanted I wanted Vincent to to get him. He was a really? Hannah Neil McCauley was a bad guy, and Vincent was just. A I bad was going for man. Neil. I know most people do. I think most people go for Neil at the end, and, and everyone's surprised by that too. But he I, was I still just, a killer. I wanted him to get away. It's fair. Well, you know, he didn't mean to. He didn't want to. <laughs> he wanted to get away, go to New Zealand, you know, take it. His girlfriend at the he time. Did. He did. I, she has so much hair. I appreciate that. Oh man, a ton. And there are times where <laughs> it's just yeah. so much hair. <laughs> You're watching the movie to go. Where the hell did she go? Oh, she's right there. Kind of. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. I gotta look at that. Sorry, I'll, I'll get off the hair. Anyway, but. so I understand that, and I think most people wanted him to get away. Uh, it is too bad that he accidentally killed those people. He pulled out his gun. And he's like, "Where's the? Oh shit! I fired another." Damn it, killed another one. It was an accident. So just really quick, uh, just to, to finish up the, the thoughts of, of what made this movie the top movie for me. I, I also want to add to the hair that Robert De Niro's after. That is Edie, played by Amy Brenneman. So really quick, you've got, again, I, I listed off. Can we much. just refer to her as the hair from now the on? Hair, yeah, the hair. I like that. Okay. Edie, the hair. Uh, you've, you've also got Diane Venora playing Justine, uh, Vincent's wife, Al Pacino's wife. You've got John Voight. Oh, John Voight is Nate. John Voight. I was, I was listening to a podcast about heat recently and I always thought John Voight was in movies in general, but it sounds like this was a time in his career where he wasn't, he just wasn't getting film roles or for whatever reason he wasn't acting. And uh, just seeing him in this, he is, he's he's certainly portraying a very specific character and he's giving a great performance that lets you see the actual character and not not so much uh john voight and he's such a cool character too you've got ashley judd playing uh val kilmer's wife chris shaherless's wife who is charlene shaherless mm -hmm. you got uh uh oh i'm saying his name wrong it's um it's he's going to listen to this. He's going to know you said it wrong. Uh, it's McKelty, uh, but it's it's not how you pronounce it. Williamson. He plays Sergeant Drucker, uh, who also I think is most well known for playing uh, 
the character opposite Forrest Gump in Forrest Gump um, in Vietnam. Uh, uh, and I can't think of his name either. I'm doing a terrible job right now. Wes Studi plays <laughs> plays uh, Casals, one of the cops. Wes Studi was uh, was the villainous uh, Native American in Last of the Mohicans. He was the bad guy. Oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ma- Ma- Magua. 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 Yeah, Magua. Ted Levine plays Bosco, one of the other cops. He's famous for playing uh, Buffalo Bill in Sons of the Lambs. Then you got Dennis Haysbert, William Fitchner. Tom Noonan plays Kelso. He was the bad guy in Manhunter, which was also directed by Michael Mann. Anyway, a great cast. I just wanted to make sure that we were aware of who was in this besides the leads, especially okay. Amy, Amy Brenneman, who plays the hair. The hair, played by Amy Brenneman. Uh, but I was watching this movie, and I was sucked in from the beginning. It was all great. I distinctly remember, though, one moment where I realized this is something else, and uh, when it was clear to me, where I wasn't just sucked into the story. It was at the very end when the credits roll, after this very epic finale, with God moving over the face of the waters by Moby playing over the end. It's a great song. And then Michael Mann's name comes up, and I noticed my jaw was hanging down. It was just, I don't know how it looked, but <laughs> I'm sure I looked like a dumbass. However, uh, it, it, was, it, just, it just kind of blew me away, and few movies have done that. So I, I recognized there it was something special, and then I eventually just decided it was probably my favorite film. And it's, it's lasted for the most part, even though I, I've noticed some problems with it. I think it's just very well done. It feels like a very real slice of life, even though it's, it's kind of a... Uh, course a glorified uh uh crime drama with a lot of elements that probably don't happen often it felt like relatively real characters uh and yet also larger than life characters so it's accessible and yet it's epic you've got uh you also have more than just the cop and the thief you have everyone around them uh so it's this multi-layered character drama too that makes it uh, that's just another factor so it uh it's definitely stuck stuck uh stuck with me so you're saying you like the movie? I, uh, yeah, I think that's, a, I mean, in brief, yeah. Like, would I marry it? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's, that's something we could talk about off, off, uh, offline. Okay. Well, like I said, I take, take everything you say seriously when it comes to movies. And you can go on a long time about why you like this movie. I believe it. Absolutely. I won't shut up. Yeah, next time you tell me to watch a movie, I'll only take five years to watch it. Okay, Tree but of Life. So far. Anyway. Wait, hold on. No, no, no. I, I'm not about to actually. Okay, fine. What is it called? <laughs> I'm going to write it down right now. The Tree of Life. Tree of Life. Yeah, the, I don't the like Tree trees. of Life. This is a movie that you're going to have to just be patient with. Okay. Be patient. Yeah, with. maybe sometimes. Heat was like three hours long. Well, this is less, but it's it's definitely, it's just the presentation is unique. It's like a, someone once described it as seeing an opera through a kaleidoscope. And a lot of it is just, you just have to let it wash over you. You're going to think what, what the explicative. And you're going to want you can, to turn you it can off. You curse. It's okay. What the frack. And, yes. and then you might want to turn off. You just have to have patience. Uh, anyway, it's, it's one of the top movies of the last decade. I've been thinking a lot about that because a lot of people, have, a lot of critics have been talking about what the best movies were. And that movie's come up a lot along with Mad Max, which I do also think is amazing. I'm sure you've seen that though. Uh, actually, I don't know if I have. <laughs> oh, okay. But the heat, come on. <laughs> don't, 
Don't back call on it topic. the heat. What? Let's That's make what sure it... it's clear. It's heat. And it's not. The, well, that was not, my issue for the past 10 years. I was trying to find the wrong movie. And it's not Heat with Burt Reynolds. There's a movie from the 80s called Heat with Burt Reynolds. Look, it's not that. It's it not rains, Red Heat with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hey, oh, that's a great. It rains, you get wet. <laughs> I think about that a lot. I'm outside and it's raining. I'm like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you didn't lie. Uh, so. We, I guess we've talked about how it starts with a heist and it ends with a duel between the two main characters. You were going for Vincent Hanna, the cop, and I was going for, you know, Neil. What's his last name? Macaulay? Yeah. Yeah, Macaulay. I, look, forgive me. I only watched this first time last night. I haven't seen this. It's okay. You don't like to take every notes. Year. It's fine. What? I'm so, wow. Okay. Rude. I was going for Neil. And I, you know, like I said, I want him to get away. Why? Why were you going for Vincent? Just real quick. To me, it was. I think there was clearly a. Throughout, you appreciate both characters, both protagonists, arguably. But my my uh, moral line was crossed with the activities that Neil was doing by comparison. Not that I wouldn't be against him getting away, but if if I. If, if it came down to one of them surviving and one of them dying and there was no other way for them both to survive, I definitely... If it had to go down that way. Yeah, yeah. if it had to go down that way, then Neil needed to go. He needed to go down, even though it was a dream and, and it was it would have been amazing for him to live this life of peace uh, with him trying to get out of this arguably terrible uh, lifestyle. Um it, it, he just he he crossed the line enough. He he caused enough damage. If he hadn't, if he didn't do this robbery, uh, you could argue that Wayne Grow is, is responsible for all this. And 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 I think he started it clearly. And he is the he along with William Fitcher's character who plays uh, Rod Roger Van Zant already sounds like a mm-hmm. just a sleazy something. Uh, it, <laughs> it it just. It it, it, it uh, was clear to me that that Vincent Hanna had to he had to survive. He was trying to make amends with his family. He wasn't as good of a he wasn't a great family man. Neither of them really were. But at least Neil McCauley was you could argue more dedicated to his um, uh, to his love life, albeit it's very new and very uh, very fresh. That's another thing. That's tough. To, that's one of the elements that when you rewatch the film, it's tough to. You can accept it, I think, on an early watch when you're not thinking about it. But you realize that they just met. He just met the hair. And all of a sudden, it's like New Zealand. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I love this. She's like. Uh, well, you don't know. Maybe he's he has been thinking about New Zealand for a while, wanting to get out of the game. He just happened to find this girl that had enough hair to float if they didn't make it during the voyage. He was. he. If that was the case, when she started talking to him, he would have been like. Lady, I don't know what you. Oh, look at that hair! Oh shit! <laughs> Instead, he was he was like, "Lady, why are you interested in what I read or what I do?" It's a book about metals. But he, but he was just coming off losing Wangro the the skis ball, right? You know, he had a high sight. Went they got what they wanted, but. You know, he had lost Wangro rather than executing him, right? And I think there was a fear. Was I think there mood. was a fear of. Well, I don't think it was. I don't think he was. Does he seem like that? Bad day at the office for the dude. Does he seem like that impractical of a guy? He's pretty. I think he's focused on. 
the next step. He's he is uh, goal oriented, without a just, doubt. Well, whatever. I just I'm gonna chalk it up to a bad day at the office. <laughs> so he goes home after he he they lose Wayne Grow and he puts his gun on the counter and it's very just. Mm. It's a very yeah, that's right. It's a pretty epic shot with the blue in the background. A very cool house he lives in with no furniture because. Just as Chris asked him, when are you going to get a sofa or a couch? He says, when I get around to it. When he gets around to it, yeah. yeah. He's focused on other things. He's He's got these – he's he's wanting – it's clearly you're right about the destination. He wants to He wants to get out of there. He wants to He wants to uh, go to uh, New Zealand or someplace far, far away. Uh, but he mm-hmm. is pretty quick to – that's one of the interesting aspects of his character is he does have these – he has these standards. He talks about – learning in prison from another inmate. And I can't remember his name. He says it so quickly. It's kind of hard to understand when he says it. And essentially it's uh, don't ever have any attachments that you can't leave in 30 seconds flat. If you feel the heat around the corner. And one of the, my favorite moments is with him when he's with the hair, the hair <laughs> played by Amy Brenneman. We should at least give her credit, uh, whatever her okay. character's name is. She's a great character. Uh, I think sometimes the, the female characters, unfortunately, Michael Mann's film, are, they take, in all of his films, they take they play second fiddle, definitely. And so it's just nice to recognize that this is a great performance, unfortunately, maybe not fully developed, but still the character, but still a, a good a good performance. They're, they're outside chilling at her awesome place. You're ruining my nickname for her. <laughs> That's what you just did. You just ruined the nickname. They're, they're out chilling at her place, a struggling artist who's got a ridiculous... <laughs> ridiculous view uh (laughs) and and he says uh hair (laughs) take off with me (laughs) where new zealand and and she says i've got my job and he says i've got money you don't you don't need that and then she's like i don't know neil well what's there to know are you married and he's like why (laughs) (laughs) and he (laughs) He, uh, she says, you come and go. And then he says, the last thing I am is married. I'm a needle starting at zero, going the other way, a double blank. Then all of a sudden, someone like you comes along. That's a, that's a romantic line. Am I right? But it's also, it also encapsulates his, um, what he's going through. I mean, he, he was totally focused. He wasn't interested in this type of distraction. Yeah. And then after he says okay, that, fair, after, he, yeah. after he says that, it's a great moment that I love. Uh, he he says, take off with me. He's kind of like shaking his head, looking at her. And then he looks off down to the right and kind of starts to furrow his face. And I think the reason is, is because he's like, this, this is not how I do things. This is, something's wrong. And, he's and, breaking his own rules. Yeah, or, yeah. Which know, happens. Code, codes he lives by. Exactly. This happens a couple of times. He, he, she asks, what's wrong, baby? He says, nothing wrong. Nothing's wrong. Everything's right. Later, when they're about to make their getaway, he's he's gonna make it. He could get away with her. Uh, John Voigt calls and said, "Hey, I figured you weren't interested, but I thought I'd let you know anyway." Uh, the guy Wayne Gross holed up at, at this hotel, and he's like, "He figured right." And they're driving through this tunnel with this amazing light. It's like this life changing moment where it's like they're free and they feel it. And then he gets out of yeah. the tunnel, and all of a sudden he's tempted. You can see it in his face. He kind of smiles and he's thinking. Can I let this guy go? He got attached to revenge. Yeah, exactly. He wanted to get this yeah. guy. I mean, it didn't even have any bearing. He leaves the country. This guy's never going to impact him ever again. He got Van Zant, even though Van Zant probably wouldn't be able to touch him either with his uh, whatever power he had. 
So I don't know how. But I mean, Wingrove deserved it. Yeah. No, he did. And we needed that as an audience, but also it needed to. <laughs> no, really. I mean, but also it just that's how it had to happen for this character. And I don't know if you know this, but this is based on a true Neil McCauley. That's a that's based on a, a real thief from the 50s or the 60s. And it's based on a real experience where a cop met with this thief, this longtime thief, and they just sat down for coffee or something, much like it's done in the film. And they go through a similar We haven't even discussion. talked about that scene yet. Oh, it's, it's, it's an amazing scene. It's probably the quintessential scene. I don't think it's – I think a lot of people think it's the best. I don't. Uh, I like other smaller scenes, which there are so many of. I mean smaller in the sense that they're less about the stakes – of the main plot and, and more about just interactions yeah. between characters. I think there's definitely better lines and there's definitely better scenes in the movie that help push the story along or tell the story. But this scene by itself between the two is almost enough by itself, right? What do you mean for the movie? <laughs> no, no, I mean, not for the movie Heat. Well, yeah, that's all it. That's, it. that's all they need is the seven-minute segment. But, I mean, I mean you, there's so much that's said and so much that's shown that, that I guess the way it's acted, I feel it uh, Oh, it, it does a lot to further the character development for the two guys already, right? Mm. But if you're watching that scene by itself without any knowledge of the movie beforehand or afterwards... I still feel like that scene would grab you the way it was shot, the dialogue, the way it was acted. Mm. That's fair. Yeah. I don't know if you agree with me or not on that, but it's, you know, throughout, they never come out and say, well, did they say they like each other? They don't, they, they don't, did. They, they don't, they kind of do. They, I, I think but you, you can tell yeah. they have, you can tell they have a mutual respect for each other and you know, they're polar opposites by what they're describing and talking about. Yeah, and that that dichotomy, and the way it played out on screen, I thought was really cool. Well, there's some similarities too. They can see each other's perspective. They're talking about their dreams, and I think he asked him what uh, Vincent asked Neil, "What do you know what that means? The dream?" And and uh, Neil says, "Having enough time, and uh, uh, to do what you want." And and they also come down to points of similarity where they're like, you know. Uh, he says Vincent, I think, is the one that calls it out because Neil's a little more, I think, sheltered. He's he's the one at the the wrong end of this. Clearly, he's got less power. Well, but also, but also, that. but I, I don't think he's afraid. I think he's just he's not gonna he, he's he's gonna be one that he's a little defensive at first. He asks uh, like Vincent's asking a question, and and he's like, uh, uh, I don't know. Somehow he gets on talking about being a, a regular guy and and and. Uh, Neil says, what does that mean? Going to having barbecues and going to ball games, barbecues and baseball. Yeah. Or something? something like or that. Or ball games. Yeah. 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 And Vince is like something like that. And then eventually gets to the point where, you know, we're just a couple of guys sitting here talking. Uh, you do what you do. I do what I got to do. That's funny the way he says it too. You do what you do. I do what I got to do as if what he's doing, he actually doesn't need to do. Is it as important? I feel like it's a slight, a slight, just a, a very small slight, maybe nothing. I, I think he respects the guy. It's that's already been voiced to him from John Voigt. He said that he's got an inside guy that's been telling him this sergeant, vice sergeant, has been telling him that uh, Vincent thinks Neil is sharp and and uh, cool and and look uh, at the way he does this. Yeah, look at the way he does yeah. that. 
Oh man, that's another yeah. great scene. And they're in the car and he's telling him and he's giving him a heads up. Like, uh, this guy can hit and miss. You can't miss once. Uh, with this much heat, I think you should pass. That's what John Voight says. And then, and then, um, uh, Neil says it's worth a stretch. All of these. I like that line. Oh, it's worth a stretch. Or there are all these moments where it's the, the, the stakes of their scenario are presented and you have all of these unique ways of framing it from their perspective, from the criminal's perspective. Tom Sizemore, when he's prompted with whether or not he's going to do it, he says, you know, for me, the action is the juice. And then uh, yeah. Chris, Val Kilmer's character, the bank is worth the risk. I need it, brother. We should take it down. That's where I come out. It's like, that's it. It's like, it doesn't matter. This is it. This is this is how I view it. So you just said the the action is the juice, right? Yeah. There's all the quotable lines in this oh, movie. Yeah. I did not realize how much you quote from this movie until I watched it. <laughs> you mean you mean when you're saying what I when you're saying, are you sure we should go out? I go, you know, for me, the action is the juice. <laughs> I, the, 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 the thing is, I'm sure you've probably said that before. That's something you would say. <laughs> I, She's uh, got a it, great ass. <laughs> Is something hey, you would say. Hey, I've never. <laughs> and your head's all the way up it. <laughs> I'd like to. I, I'd like to call it that line and say I don't think I've ever said that outside of quoting. I hope outside of quoting uh, Al Pacino, but I think probably. No, saying, I'm sure you're probably quoting it. But saying, I'm, I'm okay, hoping you were. I, I, I think I was. Uh, I would hope so. But I think something like, <laughs> if it's a question of whether or not we're going to do something very. Uh, um, that's that's inconsequential, and then I go. It's worth the risk, or the bank is worth the risk. <laughs> that that is something I would hope to to put in there. The yeah, everything Al Pacino says. That whole sequence, I quote that often. That it's just so funny because he's. It, it's not a very. It's it's not a comedy by any means, but there's some laugh out loud moments when he's Al Pacino's yeah. character is unsettling, whoever it might be. In this case, it's Hank Azaria. I forgot Hank. That's Hank Azaria playing. Um, I, I don't have the character's name, but he is essentially this. Uh, he's another sleazeball that they they he is uh, sleeping he's with. He's the Las Vegas Chris. Police Department, right? No, 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 no. He he's into import export or something. He he's not. He's just got the Las Vegas PD there. He's in Las Vegas, so oh. that's where he lives. Yeah, but he or that's where he his business is operated. But he's he's been in. In, he's been convicted of, of crimes before. They mentioned that. Uh, and that's how they're going to get him. It's because he's doing something that's against his parole. And the reason they want his help is because they know he's sleeping with Chris's wife and they want to get to Chris. And that's it. And he even says that cut and dry. That is it. He gives him an option. And then Xeria yeah. says, why did I get mixed up with that bitch? And Al Pacino, Vincent Hand just goes, because she's got a great ass. And it almost looks like he's as the cop he's just he's he's still it's like he's trying to figure out what he's gonna say and then he goes because he like mouths it he goes and then he says great and he puts this guy on his heels after he says you got your head all the way up in it you know what's really hilarious quick sidebar michael mann is notorious for wanting to re-edit his films and he's done it for i think almost every movie except for maybe collateral so every movie you see on home release is going to be somehow slightly different from the theatrical version 
But really? what, yeah, yeah. So, but what he's done with, or there's there, or there are two versions. I, Miami Vice comes to mind. There's a director's cut that's much longer. Um, Is there a version where Neil gets away? <laughs> no, but <laughs> in your dreams. Uh, but there is there 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 are uh, there's the definitive director's cut, which I think is the standard release available now on Blu-ray. But the differences okay. are, I think there are two at least that have been identified. One is uh, in that scene where he he says that she's got a great ass, you got your head all the way up in it. They cut to Hank's area. He goes, Jesus. And he's looking shocked. In the original, there is a line by Vincent Hanna saying, "Ferocious, ferocious, aren't I?" or something like that. Uh, as as the camera's on Hank's area, and then it cuts back to Al Pacino. He says, "When I think of an ass, a woman's ass, something comes out of yeah. me." Yeah. <laughs> as if to try to explain himself to the character. In the director's cut, he doesn't say "ferocious, are I?" Or "ferocious, am I?" or whatever he says. It's just gone. So it just cuts to Hank's area, and it's silence. And I think. That's because Michael Mann has watched the movie with enough people that that's a long laugh line. And so there's no point in having that line, ferocious, aren't I? Because no one can I, hear I it. I think the, the – because I don't remember that line. I don't think it was in the version that okay. I watched. No, yeah. I don't think it is. It's not there. I, I don't know if I have the, the – uh, I don't know if I have the original. Maybe I can find the clip. I can send it to you. It's funny because I was so used to it. And then I saw the director's cut and I went, <laughs> why is that missing? And he, he edited it out. He, he made one other change. I can't remember what, but I mean, it's so minuscule that it's called the definitive director's cut and it's like maybe 30 seconds shorter, if that. So whatever he did, it's it's just minor splices. This guy is a perfectionist, an imperfect perfectionist, I would say. And he just, he <laughs> no, seriously, he just, he, sometimes he's so focused on details that he misses technical elements that look like mistakes, arguably. But uh, anyway, I'll have to see what that, that, that missing uh, piece was. But uh, there's a lot of there's that that line that's that's comedic. Everything when he comes home to his wife and he finds her her cheating, he's talking about his television. I'm very angry. You can do this. You can bang my wife in her dead tech house, but you do not watch my fucking television. <laughs> and then he he moves it, and it's a piece of shit TV. But it is it is relevant because we see him come home. We've seen him do this at least once. It establishes it. He's home. He pulls out the jack. Eat some chicken. He's dead from a day of just terrible crimes that he had, had to deal with, and he turns on the TV. He sleeps there. That's he, mi- it. he might. I think he's uh, in a in a recent um, uh, retrospective with Christopher Nolan moderating. It's really cool. It's got uh, the DP. Uh, I just can't think of his name right now. The director, writer, director Michael Mann, the producer Art Linson, and a bunch of the actors all four years ago. In 2016, I think it was. It was right before Dunkirk came out for Christopher Nolan. So it was, I think, 2016. And it's a. Uh, it was after the movie was screened. And um, I don't know who brings it up, but somehow Al Pacino responds and says that he uh, he liked to think that his character would do lines of coke. <laughs> so that shows in how he acts. He's just he is on it all the time until maybe I don't know when they think he's lost when he thinks he's lost Neil and he says he's going to go to the hotel room. After he says, "What do we got?" Were you were you laughing during this movie at all? Did you laugh like just? I mean, you hadn't seen it. Did you laugh at any of those lines, or was it like, "Huh"? I, I laughed a lot. Okay. Um, like I said, yeah, no, I I laughed. There's a lot of things that were that that broke up the tension, for sure. Mm. Yeah. yeah, it was no, needed. It's a I, serious I, film, I it so it's probably it's that's all. It's needed. It helps to balance it out. Make it. 
um, keep it, uh, it helps to keep yeah. you going through that story. Well, I mean, I, I think you can tell a story without having the comedic relief too, or it's not even, I don't even really want to call it comedic relief. You know, there, there are lines that are memorable. There are parts that are, you know, will make you laugh, but I don't think they're needed either. I think if, if someone wanted to put the movie together without that, you could do it. I don't think it would reach as big of an audience. Yeah. But, yeah, true. Well, it's funny. I'm, I'm all for people being able to do what they want to do with what they create. <laughs> what, what are you laughing at? Ed? I think it's just deep. And I just, I haven't heard a deep Andy thought for a long time. Deep thoughts by deep Andy. It's like deep thoughts by Jack. Well, it's because you haven't talked to me for a while. I, I'd li- I, I like to think you haven't talked to me. You haven't talked to me. You know, I, I, okay. So another sidebar, <laughs> Ed does this thing every year. It's called wings givings wing wings giving. Yeah. yeah wings and giving. I go there and I visit him no matter where he's at. True. Uh, well, not True. always, but most of the time. All right. I go and see you. You made a long trip. You did. With his amateur winning wing sauce. Oh. So, oh, I see. <laughs> so now I'm getting thrown under the bus. Well, uh, I was going to talk to you after the podcast was done about where it is, but uh, this next year, I, I don't, uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that. <laughs> uh, but no, um, I appreciate that philosophy. Yeah. You're right. Let every, to me, it's all about it's it's all what makes a movie great too is when it transcends, and I think that just could, can be a frame of mind. Uh, so it, it becomes where the movie is all the pieces that make a movie because it's so many. It just becomes its own. It's beyond. It's beyond the world. It's it's just something that is there. It's 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 more than just the sum of its pieces. It's it's all the pieces individually, but also together. Uh, the idea being that you can watch it. And you don't think of the individual pieces. You think of just heat. It's all a part of what what it is. The heat. Oh. <laughs> and, and so it's <laughs> the movies like that and Blade Runner. Those are those are films where they're just they they kind of transcend. I think that's one of the reasons I appreciate it. And that only happens after multiple watches. That's another that's another gauge for a a top movie for me is its rewatchability and its improvement upon rewatching it. I think that's oh, well, okay. Too. So you're talking about the improvement upon rewatching it, and you've also said you've seen flaws. I don't know if you said that before we started recording, but you've said you've started to see flaws as the years go by with the film. Do those flaws take it to, take any of that away from you? Or are those just things that you're looking at super critically? Super critically. And, and, uh, do you have any do you have any kind of examples? Yeah, I think I think it's I, I would lean towards just being extremely critical, more so than you need to. And that would be things like the relationship that Neil develops with the hair. That's something that is is very quick. When you watch it, you're not thinking about the time. You think I think it kind of feels like it could be a decent amount of time, but really, there's no way around that either. There's a certain time with, frame with the pace of which they're moving. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you can't just elongate it, or else the um, uh, the the uh, tension is is decreased and the the stakes are lowered. If it's over the course of what a year, then what's the point of that? It's it's totally not. So you just don't. Do you just not find it believable that someone can uh, fall in love that quickly? I think it's possible, but Neil and and maybe it does make 
it's not something I think deeply about. I just sometimes throw it away. I should, but I, I've thrown it away as uh, just kind of slightly unbelievable. But I think it's fair. It's it's uh, it's kind of a it's somebody that Neil's clearly come across women, and it seems like this is something that's never happened to him before. So it's also from his point of view. It's it's like if he actually finds someone he's interested in, uh, I think he may strongly. Um, I mean, clearly he has to really like someone to to have any sort of interest in a relationship uh, based on his 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 uh, his foundation of of uh, of his rules, uh, everything he follows, everything he lives by, and he's going to break that for her. So maybe it's not too much of an issue. That's just what comes to mind. If I'm thinking about other uh, problems, to be honest, I can't immediately um, think of them. Oh, minor things like. Al Pacino's character is attacking uh, Van Zant's bodyguard in a hotel room. The guy with the giant neck? Yeah, I think he's a former football player, isn't he? I, I don't know. I couldn't recognize his face, but that neck was massive. <laughs> <laughs> it was. So anyway, after Neil McCauley's hanging out... He will be out, called the neck from after, now on. I was about to get it. After Neil McCauley's hanging out with the hair, we've got Vincent and... Uh, and uh, West Studi, West Studi's character, uh, Casals, going after the neck. Let's see. I'm looking it up. Hen- Henry Rollins. He plays Hugh Benny. Oh, Danny Trejo's in this too. Well, he was like the main part. He was in the main part of the crew. He was. He was. How do you forget about part of the crew? I know. It's just there's so many characters. How do you forget about Danny Trejo playing Trejo? Sometimes. It's it's just that's right. His character's name is Trejo. Do you know that? I think this was one of his first films. And there's something about um, there's something about Michael Mann. I'm gonna have to look it up. I, I feel like though there's there's a, a story about how he was using him as a consultant and then ended up throwing him into the movie. Look at his face. He's got that. He's got a a very realistic face for that role, without a doubt. It's experience. Yeah. I would say so. Yeah. So it looks like Henry Rollins is—he wasn't a football player. He was like a DJ, author, huh? It's this guy. That's wow, just... that's close to football player. <laughs> <laughs> he was the. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, this is what I get for speculating. I've assumed that for a long time too. I think it's because he's not a great actor. <laughs> I mean, oh, God. Let's be honest. He's not. <laughs> he's, not a, he's not amazing. Uh, so anyway, when when Vincent Hanna's diving on him, you can tell that's not Al Pacino. That's a stunt double, and it's like, come on, change the angle of the camera or make it not so obvious that it's not Al Pacino. I didn't, I didn't notice that, but maybe on my second half of my watch through, maybe I'll catch that. I think I think you will. It's gonna especially be now that you said it. Yeah. And now it makes sense because Henry Rollins had a stunt double too. And I was thinking, well, he's a football player. Why does he need a stunt double? But, oh, okay, but if he was a football player still playing and just acting exactly. on the side, no. yeah. would you want you, – yeah. yeah, you couldn't You couldn't take the risk? Yeah. No, it's like Arnold Schwarzenegger. We think that he's a badass, but he's got stunt doubles all the time. True lies. You think he's a badass? I used to. I was a child. <laughs> okay. I mean – You were a child. I was. We both were. All of us might still be, but he, he, uh, 
I was just going to go on this side thing about Arnold Schwarzenegger. Anyway, imperfections, as far as those are concerned, <laughs> as we're talking about it, I'm not seeing as many. I'm not thinking of many as many. I, I think it's it's pretty well done. Um, so even on so you so with regards to your your point about me still thinking how it holds up after also noticing all these imperfections, I think me being hypercritical, but not trying to throw the movie under the bus. It's just me having seen it so much and having it on this high pedestal. Yeah. I'm going to also um, I, I'm not going to uh mence with it any any criticisms i have i think at this point it's it's fair it feels like something that i i know it so well and i feel like i can throw out a, a criticism without also throwing the movie under the bus or throwing my love for it away do you find yourself being super critical of the ones you love in your daily life <laughs> <laughs> no not like not like heat that's an interesting point i'm much more i don't know i'm forgiving of them all so there might be oh, okay. there might be points where I, I might be, but if I, I will I will forgive. I think that's I think that just shows. I don't know. This is get, we're going down a rabbit <laughs> hole here. Okay. Well, we don't have to go down the rabbit hole, even though like so coming into this podcast, I don't think Ed's listened to a single episode. He doesn't know how off track we often get, but um. It's okay if you do. I expected it. Go down that rabbit hole. I don't know. Oh, okay. I expected it though, just based on trying to track down Marty for playing with his dog and or doing dog stuff, whatever that is. And, <laughs> and also, I, I mean, I just imagine it's like, okay, we're ready to go. Where's Marty? And he's he's off doing God knows what. So yeah, I, I figured I I should start listening to it though. I could listen to it on my. Uh, you really don't. You really don't have to. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> okay. So I, I finally watched this movie. Yeah. After X amount of years, we were thinking it might be ten or whatever. Well, no, it's been. Do it's you have been, any... It has been. How old are you? Okay. Well, let's it's been hold on. Now. Since it's you been told however many years of, that you've been alive, that's how long. It's been. Right. Right. But. <laughs> Since you told me to watch it, yeah. all right, this is between you and me. Yeah. All right. Okay. Off the record. Are, are there any questions that you have for me, or are there any, are there any questions you ask of people after they've seen it for the first time? Because I'm assuming I'm not the first person that you've suggested to watch this movie, right? No, it's quite it's quite common. Usually, usually I haven't met anybody that hasn't seen it when I've asked them what? for a while. So usually, what what so for in, so in recent history, if I bring up "Have you seen Heat?", the usual response is, "Oh yeah, it's an awesome movie," and we might talk about it a little bit based on who it is, or or not. If it's if it's somebody that hasn't seen it and then they watch it, I'll ask what they think. And sometimes I think I've heard people say they think it's old, which uh, my blood pressure starts to rise when I hear responses like that because it shouldn't be what judges a a movie at all that's that's someone i don't know i feel like that's somebody that i'm probably not friends with anymore and then we've got uh, <laughs> uh we've got other people where we'll, we'll kind of dive into it and there, there might be questions for the most part i think people really appreciate it some people may say it's violent which is understandable too it's a violent movie and i can understand if someone's maybe i don't, I don't feel like it's any any more violent than anything else out there i think it's i think it depends on like, who it, it doesn't really focus on the violence it's there, but I think it's there as, as it's uh, yeah. I think that's fair. It's not it's not a, a main point of the film in any way. It's just a part of whatever the story is is trying to deliver. But 
I think that some people that may not be used to a film like that, they may judge it. So if, if I'm talking to someone, I, I, I will bring that up to anybody. And I may have to, I, I may take care in whether or not I suggest they watch it based on what I know about them, i.e. women over 60. I hope, how many listeners? <laughs> uh, well, I think my mom listens to the podcast. Okay. Do you think she'd like it? But she, uh, I don't know. She, she's a hard one to gauge as far as like what she likes and doesn't like. Hmm. She's she's very open minded on many things, so maybe she would. But do you? So so now that you've brought up what I asked people, I've realized I don't go too far into detail, or I haven't for a while. But since we have a unique, you just don't care about other people's opinions for the most part. No, but. Since we don't, since we have, <laughs> since we have a unique, it's my way of the highway. Uh, uh, so, so <laughs> since we, um, we have, do you have tactical command here? Does your rank supersede me? Uh, I mean, here or always? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> as as we have a unique um, relationship when it comes to this film, because, like you said you don't follow through on requests that I've made to watch it, even after I gave you a copy, but you have years later. It's all right. Don't say I don't follow through because I have clearly followed to this point (laughs) and I've watched it and I'm having you on a podcast about it. You're right. Now you have, you, you eventually come through. Andy eventually comes through. I may not come through right away. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. So, Look, it's my timeline. I'm living. So with, right? with, within your timeline, there's been a lot of this arguable douchebag, arguably a douchebag, coming to you saying, Have you watched Heat yeah. yet? Have you watched Heat? Not the Heat. Don't fuck with me. And <laughs> and uh, talking about Chicharrones. Chicharrones and, and uh, all sorts of random <laughs> shit that I'm sure drive up the wall. And you finally watched it. But one of the things I've probably brought up to you over the years, you've heard how much I love this movie. I've probably built it up quite a bit. So there's been a long time where this has been on our collective minds about you watching it and then you hearing about it and uh, eventually going to watch it, but probably wondering too, consciously or unconsciously, is this thing worth it? Now that you've seen it, uh, did I build it up too much? Does it meet expectations or... Did I, did I make it so that it, it could never be loved because I built it up to the point where it was better than me? Well, okay, so <laughs> just just stop. <laughs> Throughout this entire conversation, what, what have I said that's negative about the film? Uh, nothing. But, but does it meet expectations? That doesn't mean it has to be negative. I mean, is it, as good I, as you, it could be good, but is it as good as it could have been? Okay. Oh, I mean, I didn't have... I knew it was going to be a good film. I knew it was going to be a good film just because, like I said, I know you like, so you and Jacob are the two guys I go to for movies because you guys watch way more than I do. You're way more critical about films than I am. And people. But that comes with the experience of watching so many and knowing what you're looking at. And so I, I respect you guys' decisions and what you like. And usually you guys are really close. Um on what I would like if you suggest something, right? Because uh-huh. I, I, this isn't the only movie you've ever suggested to me. But it's the one I put off the longest. And there's no reason why I put it off for so long. 
other than maybe I'm just an awful friend. You can walk away thinking that if you want. But yeah, coming into this movie, I didn't I didn't feel like I had any unrealistic expectations for it. But I was happy once I watched it. I enjoyed it. I really did. Uh, I don't. I don't think you set yourself up for failure by any means in that stretch. But it's. Uh, I enjoyed it. There's a lot of things about it. I, I was surprised by like the the sound in it. Mm. The 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 way the sound was produced, as far as I mean, the, the, the soundtrack was great. Uh, but then also just the dynamics, and then. Uh, I, I don't know if you if I want to say white noise, but the way the sound would bring you in and out of moments. Oh, it was really cool. I think I know what you. Yeah. So so that's an interesting point. Uh, and I think he does this kind of with a lot of his movies. I don't know if this is exactly what you're talking about. I think the sound is great overall. I think the sound design is is unique in that it's it's kind of grounded, realistic, and dialogue is the, the sound and the dialogue is is subtle not overbearing in many cases and when yeah. it when it cuts between scenes the music fades out before the scene even cuts it's a style that he shows in in uh i think heat and on the insider ali miami vice especially i can think of miami vice black cat um uh anyway that's really interesting i i appreciate that Be- but no, I mean, so your question is, did you build this up too much? No, you suggested a lot, but I always knew it was going to be good. But I was just waiting for this moment for something that good to be in my life. It was that good. Uh, you know, I, I liked it. I liked it a lot. You know, like I said, I, I had watched it last night and then I woke up this morning. I was watching through it again. And then I got sidetracked with some other things, but I'm a, you know, after I'm done with this or when I'm going to bed tonight, I'm probably gonna watch the second half again. Just there's, it's a good film. I'm not going to sit through and binge through it for the rest of the year by any means, but I can see this, like you're saying it, the quality, like the, the marker of a good film is, you know, you being able to rewatch it. Right. Yeah. I can see myself watching this once a year and being happy with it. Wow. That's awesome. I'm actually, honestly, <laughs> excited to hear that i'm glad it turned out that way that that sounds really fake no Ed. i i've got a big ass grin on it you can see it i'm smiling <laughs> i don't smile often this, this <laughs> <laughs> that's all you do is smile that's your that's just the way you look that's what you do no i i mostly it's shit eating but you yeah know. oh tell me about it um i i no i i'm really glad to hear that and i'm actually jealous because i think courtney and i are going to watch Rise of Skywalker, which I don't know if you know the story, but I went to see that with Jacob and Marty, and I fell asleep in the theater. You fell asleep? I fell asleep. That's never, Okay, I heard a little bit about this. So how'd you end up falling asleep during Rise of Skywalker? Well, there were a lot of cocktails beforehand, and sometimes I get excited about my cocktails, and I had a few. I got there. (laughs) I remember watching the beginning, and then the next thing I know is I see Lando, and I'm like, what kind of an introduction is this? Why didn't we get any greater introduction? And the reason we didn't is because I missed pretty much the whole movie. And it was towards the end. Jacob woke me up. <laughs> and then I started watching it. And so there was this joke about how it's been, however much time has passed, I would always reach out to Jacob and Marty and, and go, man, I can't believe it's been five weeks since I haven't seen Star Wars. <laughs> With heat, that would never happen. 
I don't think. No. Yeah. There, it, it, oh, like I said, there's a lot of scenes, like, you know, when, when they're in the diner, but that's not the only scene. The, the last scene just kind of, the, the way the sound was designed, the way it was shot, um, the there's realistic a- dialogue, it just pulls you in. And yeah. takes you along, even though you know I didn't make the mention it's a three-hour film. I didn't realize it's three hours until I was about halfway through, it and was like, "What's okay? All right." You did really, you know? Interesting. What? That's got to be a. I mean, just that's got to be a surprise because you're like, "Whoa, this is a long movie." Most just most movies aren't even beyond two hours and ten minutes. It reminds. I, I don't know if you were there, but the first time I watched Apocalypse Now was the Redux version. Oh. I, I don't know if you were there, but it was Jacob and Marty. I don't know if I was. And that's a long film. I was not able to get into it. Did you? So have you seen the theatrical? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've, so I've, I've since watched. Yeah. And you like the theatrical? Yeah, I did. Okay. Because Apocalypse Now is in my top five, but I will agree with your sentiment. I think on Redux, I think it's just long story short, me <coughs> it meanders. It just kind of. The, the the some of the sequences are just become irrelevant to the the main story and it it just it just uh, it loses its focus. Of course, it's it's a very arguably unfocused in many points because that's the nature of where they are, the chaos, the madness. But yeah, Redux is is tough to get into. It it was a rough place to start. That's fair for me. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, okay. So I mean, the, now you know what I thought of it. I suppose. Anything else? I really appreciate your your comment on the the sound. I think that's something that he definitely does a good job of. And I think I, I'm sorry if I'm not articulating exactly what you're saying. I, I made a comment about transitions and dialogue, but you mentioned white noise. I think I know what you're talking about. I think about a scene where, well, for example, the, the first the okay Dennis Haysbert. Sorry, De- go ahead. Dennis, background noise that's real. Like uh, Dennis Haysbert's character is in the bar after dinner or after he's done yeah. with work and he's just drinking and his, his girlfriend comes and he goes, Hey, it's Lily. And, uh, and you hear noises of glasses and it's just these, it's, it is kind of a white noise sound in the sense that it's not overbearing and it's just background, but it's real. You, you know, that they're in a real location. Well, that's one of the beautiful things about this movie. Nothing feels like a set. In fact, I think if you were to watch the special I think features, it was all shot in LA. Yeah. It was all shot on, for the most part, real locations, which that's not, necessarily common and look at how many different locations there are it's crazy so many different places they, they have so many different spots they filmed in and really quick that's one of my favorite scenes actually that i've when i've, I've sometimes just put in heat to watch that sequence essentially after vincent hannah goes to find he gets called to find the homicide victim the uh, uh the woman that wayne Grove killed uh, mm-hmm. he goes back to his wife. His wife's like, I guess the earth shattered. They have an argument. And then she makes it clear that you're only after, um, you're, you're always focused on what you're chasing or something like that. I'm doing, I'm butchering, butchering the scene, uh, in search of your prey. Uh, and then you hunt them down. And then she talks about how she just can't let go of him. And you've got this beautiful music playing. That's very sad. Then you start to see all the characters. A couple of sequences happen like this in the movie. Uh, this and you, you cut to Dennis Haysbert. He's in the bar. He's sad uh, because he's he's got this bullshit job uh, and it's tough for him. An ex-con. It's just trying to get. He's just trying to do good. And he's met this woman that is loves him, 
and uh, she says she's proud of him. He says that. He says, "I did." He he, he, he has some great why. quotes. He, this this scene. He, he says, uh, "She says, is that the boss?" He goes, "Did time for that? What that motherfucker does every day." And then she says, "Can you just do this for a little while? Can you do that?" And then he says, one of my favorite lines: "Ain't a hard time been invented that I cannot handle." That's just <laughs> some of the Michael Mann writes. Some sometimes it's. It feels cheesy, but it's just beautiful dialogue. And I don't think in Heat that's the case. I think of other movies, similar times he tries, like in Miami Vice, and it just it feels a little forced. But uh, then, then she, then he says, "What are you hanging with me for, Lillian or Lily?" And she says, "Cause I'm proud of you." And he, he cries. He says, "You proud of me? Like what?" And then he starts crying. What the hell? Yeah. You, what the hell? Are you proud of me for? It's a beautiful scene. Then you cut to when Neil's with um, the hair. The hair. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I really am. I'm just happy to hear the things you appreciate because I, I think that's something that I appreciate about Michael Mann in general in his movies. He has a unique, to me, it's a very realistic, uh, yet, um, gritty and beautiful take visually sound wise, music wise, uh, just all these elements that really work in concert together to make a Michael Mann movie. And this one is, uh, would, would you say that how would this compare to the last Mohicans? I mean, that's totally not necessarily fair to say, but if you were to, it's not fair to say, because even though they're both Michael Mann films, they're, they're, they're definitely shot differently. Yeah. And yeah. Um, I mean, I, same, well, same I guess, cinematographer you know, just anyway. But so this one is based off 1950, 90, 1960s actual thief. You said, right. Right. Uh, well, yeah, so it's, it's, ba- it, it's just a story that he knows Michael Mann has, has been okay. he, for, he, he was involved with, uh, in the seventies and eighties, a lot of cop dramas, uh, cop documentaries, I think, and would do a lot of okay. research on ex cons on how cops work. So he just has all this knowledge and he, this story was essentially loosely based on what he had learned from a, a previous Chicago police, uh, detective. Um, who had this encounter with a, a real person named Neil McCauley, and he ended up gunning him down after okay. having a conversation where this this guy was just not going to stop. And uh, and so the the story that we see in Heat, the only elements that are from that, I think, are essentially the cop and thief dynamic and uh, Neil McCauley, the name. But there, the Robert De Niro and Michael Mann, I don't think based the character off of that okay. Neil McCauley. It was it it was their own creation. But but okay, so essentially the source material is an idea. Yeah, um, it's original. A very short story with limited facts, and then he grew it from there. Yeah. Whereas Last of the Mohicans, you know, James Fenmore Cooper. Yeah. He has the entire book and everything to pull from there, and so I don't know if it's different when you're trying to adapt someone else's work versus growing your own idea. Especially, you know, I think that's why it's not. It's not a direct comparison yeah. in how you would make a film like that. Especially an 18th century novel that is, I remember reading it and liking it, but there's a lot of, it's hard to get into at times. <laughs> it takes a while. <laughs> but if you were to, just as far as from an appreciation standpoint, is there a movie that you like better? And it's okay, of course, if you say The Last of the Weekends. If you said Heat, that would be like huge and crazy. But uh, just out of curiosity, if it's, if it, if it becomes difficult to decide or if it's pretty clear, like, well, last one he is what I prefer between the two. No, 
No, uh, okay, so there's always those questions that you get from people like, okay, what's your what's your favorite movie? Yeah. What's your favorite song? What's your favorite album? I always really find it hard. You know, I'll say something in the moment, but I tell them it's going to be different the next day. And so in regards to what movie between those two I like better or what's the better movie, I'm not going to be able to say. I, I'm more enamored with Heat in the moment. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if I went back and watched Last of the Mohicans, I'd probably fall in love with it again. Hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Well, it's it's a movie that you have a lot of history with too. So, Heat's new, but you're jumping in to watch. <laughs> yeah, you're jumping in to watch the second half tonight again. That's impressive. I'm actually jealous. Well, I mean, you could do the same thing. Uh, Just rides. Got to watch rides. Start, start halfway start, through, unless I fall asleep again. You, you could. <laughs> we should watch Heat together so- sometime. Yeah, I'm okay. So I'm just surprised throughout all this that you've been trying to get me to watch Heat. We've never watched Heat together, but I don't really think we watched a lot of movies together. The last movie we might have seen somewhat of a part would be Planes, Trains, Automobiles, just because you put on the background (laughs) at uh, Wingsgiving, you know, but we don't really watch a lot of movies together. Yeah, that's true. Something to remedy. Uh, Yeah, yep. You know, it's going to be hard, of course, because we're in two different states, but. Maybe uh, maybe there's a movie we should try and watch, and then we could talk about it. Something crazy, because I'd be really curious. Like Tree of Life. Yeah, because it's a uh, it's going to be something that I don't know how what you're. I think you will. I think you're someone who can appreciate, even though how it's going to be quite, it's going to be unique and maybe strange. I think you'll you'll appreciate aspects of it, and and maybe even love it. But it would be interesting to watch it. Uh, watch it to even discuss it after watching it or, or, or watch it, watch it together. Could have it, have a, uh, uh, have a, uh, (laughs) I don't know, have some sort of tricky game with it. Something fun. So are you saying you'd like to come on the podcast again and talk about tree of life? That would be great. I think that would be a good, if you want to talk to me again about a movie that I love, or chicharrones. It seems like those are the only two reasons I would be on here. Uh, would be true. Uh, true. Would be uh, Tree of Life. Would be one of those movies that comes to mind, and that would be an interesting movie to discuss because I think, in general, Heat. We're we're a similar demographic. Likelihood of appreciating that movie is is pretty clear. Whereas the Tree of Life, there may be some majorly divergent opinions, and that could be kind of fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, no, I. I Let's put that let's put that in the plan. Okay. Somewhere later on. Let's do that one. Uh but I do appreciate you coming on here and talking about Heat after finally getting me to watch it. I think you could have done a better job of getting me to watch it sooner. But you know, no one's perfect. I understand that. I'm not I'm he- gonna hold it against you. I'm heavily flawed. That's just I'm gonna take this to heart and I'm gonna work on this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh is is there anything else you want to you want to say before wrapping up here either about heat um if you if you want i don't know if you have any kind of social media but i mean no one's gonna follow you not because of you but because no one listens so. well your mom and maybe when marty's not doing dog stuff he could also follow me if he saw it already <laughs> uh but i i have this i have this handle that uh so so i've kind of I, I think as you've implied, I, I'm very opinionated on movies. 
I, like Jacob, have been movie bu- a movie buff. We both had a website for a while called Inebriated. I still try to operate this Twitter handle and Instagram. I think it's just at Inebriated on, on both. Um, but I've also have an, an interest uh, in, in mixology and cocktails. And so that's gotten less in, in with movies <laughs> and more with just pretty pictures of drinks. It's hard to take a pretty picture of a movie. I mean, I could share a picture that I found online or something. Which maybe I should start doing, but uh, Cinebriated, I think those are two uh, handles that people might appreciate, or one handle, excuse me, but on two platforms, Twitter and Instagram. On on Instagram, it's going to be pretty cocktails, pretty pictures of cocktails, and the ingredients that go into them. Usually, I try to focus on a different spirit every month, and then sometimes with with friends, sometimes not. And if I'm ever having a drink, I'll have it with that spirit, and then at the end of the month. Uh, we'll try to have a tasting with people where we go through different variations of that. This is Irish whiskey month. So trying a number of different Irish whiskeys at the end of the month and then writing about them. But yeah, that's, uh, those are two spots people could, uh, people could uh, follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Instagram is the only one that's okay, so Okay. So on Instagram, you can find uh, Cinebriated, which is C-I-N-E-B-R-I-A-T-E-D. Yeah. It's right? like you're drunk for film, except in this case, it's just drinks and no movies. Just, just drinks. Why, why don't you just uh, take a picture of the drink with the, the copy of the movie in the background? I need some help. I, I, need, I need to figure out a different angle. I need some... Uh, if anyone has any ideas for... Uh, like Andy's, what Andy said is cool. If, if you have, there are other ideas, Andy's mom. He didn't like it. Andy, that's why he's searching Andy's for mom, more. If you have other ideas, uh, that would be, <laughs> that would be great too. And we could, I could throw that on there. If you want uh, yeah, picture of uh, a movie and then some drink behind it, something like that. Yeah. But yeah. No, like, he, like I said, uh, you, you guys should follow him. He's a pretty entertaining guy. If, if, uh, if he has more eyes on him, he's more entertaining. <laughs> He loves the spotlight, so the pressure. But no, thank thanks for coming on, Ed. Thanks for having me. This was fun. I'd like to do it again. It would be a uh, especially fun, I think, to try try and talk about uh, something like the Tree of Life. That could just it could be there could be much more debate. I, I think this was fun to have alignment on this movie, and I'm really glad you watched it. But um, I, I definitely liked being on here, and and would like to be on again. And maybe that's the way we go is to talk about a movie where we might have some differing opinions all right well fair enough um as always you guys know where to find us we are on facebook at plans are optional and you can find us on twitter at optional plans if you want to hear more movies and how we 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 didn't really didn't go over this movie at all but if you want to hear more about movies and you have a movie to suggest shoot it our way maybe we can bring ed in on any of those if he'd be willing but uh, yeah, no, absolutely get get back at us. And then remember, uh, we are still looking for suggestions for our Plans Are Optional book club. So send those in. We'll talk about them next week. I'm all over that. And I can't wait I can't <laughs> wait to get my check, okay? That's coming via mail or what? Yeah, yeah, okay. absolutely. Sweet, sweet, dude. Yeah. Give me that money so I'll keep coming.